Or everyone have your have your scripts and your lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wait, what's the uh, what, what did we get paid to say was good this week? <laughs> uh, I think it's Harry's. Harry's, sorry. <laughs> that, that's what's, all the cool podcasts seem to be. Uh, oh, that's the or the, Casper mattresses. I don't know which one. My buddy bought a Casper, and he says it's all right. Nope, 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 nope. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about your friend's mattresses. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on, Grandpa Simpson. Let's go. Welcome to Game Punchers, episode 115 for Thursday, the 5th of March, 2015. Game Punchers, the most aggressive and ponderous video game podcast on the internet. I'm John. And I am Fraser. And I am Fish. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Uh, See, now we started I'd recording. Like now, Fish, now, now you can talk about your friend's mattresses. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. As long as, it's getting, as long as we're making show. Oh, now, right? now it's okay. <laughs> Tell, tell us yeah, about now Casper. We're actually producing content. <laughs> I I have nothing else to say. He said it was all right. I, all right. End of story. There it is. Use Frazier, pro- however, has some use news. promo code Game Punchers at checkout because <laughs> nothing will happen <laughs> and pay full price. <laughs> they probably actually won't let you check out because they'll be like, "This is not a valid coupon code." You should probably delete that and then give us your credit card. <laughs> Steven didn't make it tonight. So we can continue to pretend that I'm the same. Him and I are the same person. Yes. Yeah. He had some fatherly duties with homework, and his children were helping him with his homework. Right. <laughs> Sentence. I think they were diagramming sentences. Yes. Steve does have trouble with that. Trying to put the uh, Oxford commas in the right place. Mm. Name that's for the college. Works. Yep. I assume. Comma I, college. I don't know. I don't know if that's really true. <laughs> <laughs> So the two of you haven't done a podcast together then since the collab. Is that uh, right? No, we did. So no, since no, we have. We... No, the first one was you, me, and and, and John. Oh, no, but not with Steve though. Oh no, not with Steve. No, no, no. <laughs> because you guys are the same person. Right, because we're the same person. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Accurate. I mean, no one can prove otherwise, unless they go back really far. And even then, it could just been it could just been me doing voices. Yep. Editing. Yep. Two different tracks. You do one, two, three, click with yourself. <laughs> All right, shall I start so, with my news? Yeah, Fraser, give, 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 give us your news. Baited breath. Well, it is, yeah, it is a bit of news. It's relating to the podcast. I was hoping Steve was going to be here because it's relating to me and uh, the future of the podcast. Uh, so my piece of news is this. I bought a next-gen console. What? <laughs> oh. no, 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 no. You own a Wii U. You get this new NVIDIA joint? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, well, the Wii, yeah, the Wii U, it, it does, it's, 
it sits there it's somewhere between next year i'm really not too sure but i will tell you about the wii u i have been two and a half gen what? <laughs> two, yeah, uh, yeah yeah there basically it's like two and a half it's D. Sort of like two and a half d yeah two and a half gen um it's just about there. So, yes, I got a... Well, as everyone knows, I was in the market for a PS4. That was the sort of the main decision that was made and announced. So we bought two uh, PS2s to make a PS4. <laughs> Duct well, I already have together. a PS2, so I just bought another one. <laughs> Duct taped them together. Um, two times yes, two? so I got a, a text message from Gary DeFelici, friend of the show. The real uh, He sent me a text message or a message on Saturday saying that he had been reading that Target was closing down. Target made its foray into the Canadian market about sort of 18 months ago. And it's such a roaring success that they are closing up shop and moving out of Canada, never to return. So, um, yes, what they found was they couldn't bring their low, low prices and value up here. And uh, everyone (laughs) just went, well, there's no point in us shopping with you then, is there? Get lost. Do you guys have Walmart up there? We have Walmart, so they came, they Target came into my town up here, hmm. and then they and, had a rollback uh, down to the states. <laughs> and they, yeah, well, they just didn't do anything that was any any better than tar- uh, Walmart, if uh, if anything at all. You know, it just wasn't decent. It's not a decent shopping experience. It's nothing. They just nothing compared to what you guys get in the states. They just blew it, right? You, you guys and, still have Caldor up there? Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. No. So nope. anyway, Target hemorrhaged, hemorrhaged money and uh, getting out before they really bankrupt themselves completely. Uh, and Gary uh, sent me a message saying, you know, you do know that they uh, are discounting like 25% off everything in the store. So if you're looking for a, a console, get over there. So I actually live like within walking distance of a Target. So I went, got his message and I ran out the door on Saturday and they had nothing left in the shop, all completely cleared out. Um, so I, and I figured, you know, I was late to the party. That sort right. of stuff is gonna gonna go straight away anyway. But anyway, today I had to go to a meeting in a place called Brantford, which uh, doesn't mean anything to anyone except those who follow hockey. It's the birthplace or the the home of Wayne Gretzky. I know who Wayne Gretzky is. Well, everybody knows who Wayne Gretzky is. He's a video game character. Yeah, he's a video game character. <laughs> he was. Yeah. he had his own hockey game. <laughs> That's right. He's in a couple of the NHL games. And as I was driving out of Brantford on the way home, I saw another Target, right? So I'm just like, you know what? <clears throat> There's the old adage, if you don't make the sa- don't make the calls, you don't make the sales, right? So I thought, you know what? It's a long shot, but I'll go in. And I walked in, and there was one console left on the shelf. And uh, I said to the lady, how much is that? She gave me the price. She said, I need to get a key. I stood guard over that console, make sure no one <laughs> came in at all. And uh, she came back, and I purchased it on the spot. Now, there's a but. You're still updating. Does, any, does anybody want to guess what the but is? It's still updating. You haven't no. been able to play anything. Well, I'm not allowed to play anything on it because it's actually a birthday present. Oh. So I mean, if I'm forbidden to, to crack it till the end of the month for my birthday. Was it an open my... item? Nope. Uh, I don't know. Any guesses? Small hard drive? Uh, nope. Mm. You, you, you need to take a step back and think about what it is. What did I buy? You bought an X-Bone? I didn't buy a PS4. I bought an X-Bone. Oh, oh wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was what was left. Well. So, um, But the dis- the discount was deep. Uh, it was just worth it. So, um, yeah. I am now the proud owner of an X-Bone. 
it wasn't to be PS4. I'm not totally unhappy about that at all. Uh, you know, it, it'll it'll fit in uh, downstairs where it needs to go and push the 360 out, which is limping on its last legs. And uh, there we go. Luckily, Jumping you'll be able nice. to purchase Minecraft for your children on it. Well, it's funny because I was flip-flopping about the consoles again. I mean, everybody who's listened to this knows that I change my mind every week. And the thing is, the, the Xbox 360 is what is played the most by my kids downstairs. And I didn't think that I would replace that because the kids were playing Minecraft. But I did go look at pricing. And the Xbox is the console of value right now in terms of pricing because they've dropped their prices. The PS4s have not been discounted at all. They are not the affordable console of the two. And I don't think they're going to drop their prices anytime soon. They're making money hand over fist. I can't see Sony making the discounts yet. So I was thinking, well, maybe I'll go for a three, go for an X-Bone. So I sort of had decided that I might do that. Um, and then it was just see the deal was sealed when I went into Target and and I got one hundred and twenty five dollars off. So that's yeah, no, that's a substantial discount. That's not yeah, that's to be good. sniffed at. So. No, not even yeah, in Canadian so I, dollars. Yeah, so uh, I I picked up so it's a it's a, an X Bone uh, four is a five bundle. I guess maybe that's like an old one. In, in relative terms, it's old. Does it have the uh, connect? Has connect, yeah. So I picked it up. That's the bundle know, that I got too. Yeah, for three hundred and fifty dollars plus tax. That's how, how many how many Spock bills did that cost? What's a Spock bill? Apparently in Canada, people were writing on one of the Canadian bills, making it look like oh, Spock. That's right. Yeah, Spock that's the bills. five. Yeah, so um, so a lot. That? That's, uh, <laughs> a lot. Of, a lot of Spocks. Uh, uh, yeah, it was about seventy, eighty Spocks. Nice. So, but um, yeah, I think the closest bundle I found. To it is that right now that is out there is a Unity uh, Assassin's Creed Unity bundle mm-hmm. that has Connect and 500 gig hard drive. This is the same. It's four to five with Connect and 500 gig hard drive, and that's 499. And I got it for 370. Yeah, that's, that's oh, such nice. a that's such a good deal. And like if you you, and you have Xbox Live, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, you get yeah. like they don't necessarily always give you the best games, but like the Rayman game is free this month, and that game's great. Yeah, so if I can get all that set up, my birthday's on the thirtieth, so my plan would be to get that set up that day and pick up Rayman. So, good thing is, I think you can just go on Xbox.com and add it to your account. Now. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you oh, can. okay. Yeah. Well, I'll do that then. So there we go. Or from the app. An app. Ooh, I'll get on that then. Yeah. Smart glass. Oh yeah, smart glass. You can smart have two glass. screens. <laughs> two screens like the Wii U. Yeah, two screens just like the Wii U. You can tell your so, Halo mans where to go. Yeah. So I'm pleased with that as well. It also ties, you know, there are a couple of things. It was going to, um, uh, you know, whatever I ended up getting, it was going to be good no matter what. Um, but I think the X-Bone ties all of us in on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I believe this so. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all You don't it. have a PS4 fish, do you? No, I don't. I don't have a PS4. Okay. Not yet. And I know John doesn't. So. Nope. There we go. Not yet. Look at that. Nice. I think I think John and I are Xbox friends. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, you can't like I, they they threw away so much of like the cool. I think we've talked about this. The cool stuff they did with Xbox Live. They're like, I don't I don't know who I'm friends with. Like, well, it's conf- it's confusing because you can you can add people and you'll see their stuff, but it doesn't mean they added you back. Right. So you don't you're not sure whether or not like you're friends or you're just following them. Right. 
and then you can see your the people who are following you but then i don't like can you can you tell whether or not those people are yours like because sometimes your friends people that you know are your friends are on that list too it's just it's real clunky to find those menus and like the messages and all that stuff too it's not like so upfront and right there and it's kind of annoying how a lot of the things like the last thing you open decides to just move that little you know that little uh block will move somewhere else mm-hmm. I'd rather just like keep it where in one spot where you know like oh this should be like my my most commonly used things and I, I'm gonna put them here and everything else I'll go search for if I need it later you so know, yeah you... Fraser everything aside from the horrible UI the system's great you're gonna love it yep it's good it's <laughs> good yeah no I'm expecting all that um I Never expected that I would pick up an Xbox One with Connect, so I'll be interested to see how that goes. I know it's all sh- flashy and shiny, and Steve said it's it's the next gen experience, so that'll be interesting. Um, I think yeah, I, I think I disconnected my Connect. Disconnect. I disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. Well, you all have uh, some X bones now. That's good. Now you just have to get Destiny, and we'll all be good. <laughs> and it'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I own Destiny. John owns Destiny. Wyatt May in the chat room. What what is this game? It's a well, it's, it's a shooter. Uh, basically, it's a first person <laughs> shooter, John. And and the way that the way that it works is is that like you are actually looking through the eyes of your quote avatar. Did you see that movie? The Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> the M Night Shyamalan movie. Oh. Six cents. <laughs> oh. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, it's good news for Fraser. We got some yeah, some no, uh, some good games coming then for you. Some more, some less Wii U from you. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you've been yeah, released what? from the grasp of Nintendo. <laughs> I don't think I have yet, but uh, <laughs> I might just uh, by the time the Xbox One gets online, I'll probably have exhausted the Wii U's extensive catalog. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I will play Toad's Treasure Tracker for the eighth time, and it goes right back to the library. <laughs> the library. Uh, I'm feeling a draw towards some Nintendo stuff, though, for sure, because it's been a while. Yeah. And hearing Fraser uh, speak highly of his experiences lately has been been helpful to that. So, I heartily recommend it. I actually popped um. What's the Wind Waker? I had, I got, because I had the Wind Waker Wii U bundle, and I just was like, ever, ever since you know, Fraser's been talking about Wii U over and over, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bo- load this back up again. God, I, like I was just like, I just played like five hours of it. That game is so good. Like that, that, that is, I think my favorite Zelda game, and I don't much care for Zelda games, but I love Wind Waker, and it's just gorgeous on the Wii U. Good deal. Yeah, cool. I, I. Given some time and a break, and you know, a, well, a break or some time, a big, huge opening in time, um, a rip in the space time continuum, <laughs> I'll be ready to play another Zelda game. Sometime in my so, twilight years. Oh, God, I need to retire to play Zelda every, you know, 12 hours a day. Um, yeah, they're so good. Good deal. Yeah. You guys playing in some games this past week or two? Hell no, yeah. No, no games. What are games? games i know fish is lying through his teeth i've played some good games who are we starting with starting with me yeah let's start with you all right so we talked you're ready i'm prepped i'm ready i'm ready to go uh we talked about darkest dungeon a little bit i think last show um and we're throwing around the idea of how much we all wanted to play it and 
Fraser had talked to or had sent out an email, I guess, looking to see if we could get review codes for it. But nothing ever came of that. And I was just like, it's $20. I think I can probably afford that. So I bought it right before I had to go to Phoenix uh, two weekends ago and loaded it up on my laptop um, for the plane, expecting to play, you know, maybe an hour or two. It's a four-hour flight. And spent the whole flight there and the whole flight back playing it. And I, it is it is just it is just a, it's a joy to play even though it is one of the most punishing games I have ever played. <laughs> um, like I hate listen I hate Dark Souls anything that's in within the CBT uh, genre of video games. I, what I CBT stand for? Can I tell a story? I'll tell you. This is this is how I found out what CBT stands for because it's. It's amusing because if I just tell you what it is, you're gonna you're gonna like you're gonna cock your head at me and look at me like my dog looks at me when I say food. He so, uh, okay, so I'm in a land party and uh, we were doing this big land and um, uh, some people came from out of town and we knew one of them was a dominatrix and we're like you know teenagers and we're like oh a dominatrix uh, you know looking and looking up what she offered and one of the things she offered was CBT. And like we're talking to each other, like what the what the heck is CBT? And my buddy, deadpan, looking at his computer, doesn't look up, just goes, "Oh, that's cock and ball torture." <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like, "What?" <laughs> and he like looks up and he just goes, "What? That's what it is." And I was and and yeah. He's all, he was always a little strange. But yeah, so that's what CBT means. It means cock and ball torture. And there's a very, that is a very uh, real genre for some people in video games. Dark Souls. Anything that's like a roguelike where it's like, oh, you died? Well, you lose everything. And um, Dark, Darkest Dungeon falls right into that. And not just because you die easily. Because like, arguably dying in that game is the one of the better things that can happen to you. So basically what happens is... Um, it's a dungeon crawler in, in, in the most traditional sense. You assemble a team and you go through these dungeons. And as you're going through these dungeons, you're on missions. Like you have to explore 80% of the dungeon or you have to kill um, all the things that are in the dungeon. And the deck is just completely stacked against you. Um, so not only is it very easy for your guys to die, but if they're not dying, they're accumulating derangements while you're going through the dungeon. And these derangements right. can be anything from like just just selfishness to um, one of my guys refused healing because he didn't want to be healed because he decided he needed to suffer through the rest of the dungeon. All right. He's and, into that CBT. Exactly. So has it, taken a, has it taken a cue from Rogue Legacy, do you think, then? Is that where... I think, I mean, I think it's definitely rooted within that genre because you find out very quickly that like you're... While you have this initial party, you are not going to have that initial party for very long. Like, you are just constantly recruiting. And as you're recruiting, you're updating um, your little town that has, like, a bar and a church. And, like, you can, you can put your guys in those, in those locations, and they will slowly become more normal the more missions you go on while they're in there. Like, if you put them... Like, for instance... If uh, one of you guys has a derangement, you can put him in. Uh, you can leave him in the church for a mission, and when you come back, he will have lost one of his derangements. Like he will have cleansed himself of that derangement. And but but it's still very much like don't get attached to any of these people, and and don't don't plan on on like 
building a party around one particular person or two particular people because they're just going to die and and it's over and over and over and that's that's kind of the i mean that's that's the hook of the game obviously is that like you want to continue to progress these dungeons but the real joy of the game is that it is just it is just wonderfully written and it's one of those things where like the writing is just it's just a joy to to both absorb and to listen to because the voice acting is great too um the intro like one of the like for instance the in the intro they're talking about it, it the the premise is your uncle is sending you a letter you the player a letter about how he's uncovered this dungeon underneath your estate your family's estate and he, he needs you to come back to cleanse the quote darkest dungeon but he describes the dungeon as an ancient den of antediluvian evil and it's like, oh, that's such a good, that's such a good word. And it's just that over and over and over. Every time you kill a bad guy, the the narrator, who I think is the same, I think it's the same voice, kind of narrates what's happened. Except, like, just I I can't even give you an example, but it's just wonderfully written. And you're just, you, I, for me, I, I just love listening to every every time you kill someone and hearing that. Just whatever, whatever clever thing they've come up with for that attack, and I don't know, man. It's early access, which for me is a big red flag. But there's so much content. It's just there's so much content in that game, and you feel like if they're gonna just add more, like I've already feel like I've gotten, I got eight hours of play. I got twenty, I got my twenty dollars worth out of it, and they're just gonna continue to add. You know, there's two more dungeons coming. There's more classes coming. It's fantastic. Mm. So it's lived up to everything you hoped. Yeah, and I didn't, honestly, when I first started reading about it, because it's a Kickstarter project, I did not expect to like it. It was not my type of game. I don't like roguelikes. I don't like CBT games. And I don't know. It's just something about, it's just the, the animation and the, the art style is fantastic. And it just, it feels great to play. And like I said, the writing is fantastic. So, so it's got legs. And it's it'll got end up on the consoles. I, I, I mean, I imagine so at some point. There, I think, I think that they've gotten so much. Excuse me, they've gotten so much press, so much positive press, and, and uh, between, you know, the major, major game sites that I think that there's probably a, a big force behind it to come to consoles and, and so on. It's already on. I mean, it's Mac, PC, and Linux, I believe. Well, maybe it's not Linux. It's certainly Mac and PC though. You can Steam play it on your Macintosh computer. Yeah, it might be it might be SteamOS. I don't know. But yeah, that's nice. uh, that's Darkest Dungeon. Nice. I've been hearing good things. It seems like it's getting a lot of praise. I think it's overwhelmingly positive right now on Steam. Yeah, I think so too. And 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 it's good to see. I don't know. It's 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 heartwarming to see Kickstarter success stories. For as much as we hear about devs running out, you know taking the money and running after they're not unable to complete the game. Not necessarily running, but like spending all the money and then being like, oh, well, I don't have a complete game. Oh, well. Good it's games. nice to see... It's nice to see that. Like a success story there. Because I think that... I think for... Certainly... Certainly recently, there's been a lot of negative Kickstarter game press. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. All right, so I've also been playing. Uh, I'm going to skip the, the middle one because I think that it's also on Fraser's list, and we can segue. It's kind of on mine too. I played a little, like 20 minutes. But... Oh, all right. Um, so the other thing I, or the other thing that I played that we didn't all play was Unreal Tournament Four, which I didn't realize you could play. Uh, they announced uh, what? They announced Unreal Tournament Four a year ago, 
um, when they announced Unreal Engine, whatever the new one is, Unreal Engine Five, Unreal Engine Four, whatever it is, um, and they announced uh, Unreal Tournament Four, and they were gonna, it was gonna be free, like it was gonna be open source. The community was gonna be able to do all the stuff for it. It, it, and and it looks like it's kind of taking the Team Fortress route, where you create stuff and then they sell it and give you money and and so on and so forth. But the the I didn't realize that you could play it now, and that it was in a playable state. I mean, I knew that the engine was available, but I didn't realize you could play it. So. After seeing a couple of stories about it, you know, I downloaded it because I I've never been I was never a huge Unreal Tournament fan in the Quake days, but when Unreal Tournament 2004 came out, I played that like that's the that's probably the only arena shooter that I put hundreds of hours into. Um, so I you know I've been ex- I've been excited for this. <coughs> downloaded the beta or the pre-alpha or whatever they're calling it, and you have to download the Epic Games launcher, which is like BattleNet. So it's got like a spot for Fortnite, it's got a spot for the engine, it's got a spot for Unreal Tournament, but it's nice because it keeps Unreal Tournament updated automatically. Um, yeah. But that game... Now, the I, ga- so, so let me... <clears throat> excuse my ignorance, because I've never played Unreal. Okay. Um, so it was a, an extremely popular... It, it broke ground, didn't it, in terms of being a PC online... Mm-hmm. shooter right it had massive verticality going up and all over the place and great weapons and well balanced and yeah. is, is is that right and it was it's a real game changer right yeah i mean it came out there after what unreal first unreal game came out and then they said they were gonna do an online only game and of course it said they were gonna do quake 3 which was gonna be online only and those were both really the two first mainstream no first no single player first person shooter or, or, or arena shooters and unreal was known for um yeah like you said big levels great guns and um you know just creativity whereas quake was more like uh, like a bmw where it was like okay i know i'm going to get quality it's going to feel great to play like these guns are going to feel great to use there's not going to be a whole lot of innovation here except for curved surfaces which was Quake Three's big thing, Great. right? Good job, guys. Um, and whereas Unreal, there were you know all sorts of crazy stuff. Like Unreal Tournament two thousand four has my favorite game mode in any in any video game, which is called Onslaught, which was kind of like capture and hold, but it was with vehicles. And I played so much goddamn Onslaught, I I I I, I cannot disassociate the, that summer of two thousand four with anything other than playing. Like I can't I can't remove. Like, when I think of 2004, that summer, I think of moving out of my parents' house and playing Unreal Tournament. Like, that's it. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was a, it was a pretty big deal when the first one came out, and then they came out with 2003, which was not very good, and then they came out with 2004, which was, like, a return to, to, to excellence. And I guess there was a, uh, there was an Unreal Tournament 3, which came out in between this and Unreal Tournament 2004, but I did not play it, so I don't, can't comment on it. But this one, uh, this one plays... You know, it plays like an Unreal Tournament game, and it just, it feels so, so familiar, and, like, it's weird, because if you were to tell me, arena shooters, you know, the, like, I would say, okay, but those that's dated. Like, that's a dated thing. We we did the arena shooter thing, it opened up this world of online competitive gaming, but, like, no one really does arena shooters anymore. But while I was playing Unreal Tournament 4, I mean, it's one map, and... I still like I, I felt like you know maybe arena shooters maybe we're ready for more arena shooters because it was just 
you know, it's it's run around, shoot as many people as you can. Oh, you died, respawn. Run around, shoot as many people as you can. Oh, you died. You know, like it's just that over and over. It's that loop over and over. It's like it reminds me of like Hotline Miami. I mean, like that is the Hotline Miami loop. And and it was in and, and and I'd forgotten that that was like it's just a never-ending rush of 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 action and just you know shit flying everywhere and I don't know I I'm I I was not I was not super interested in Unreal Tournament Four like I wanted to play it and I wanted to see it but like I wasn't like oh well this is gonna be something cool or something really cool but now that I've played it I think that I think there's a chance that like arena shooters become a thing again. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just reading here something that says that since Unreal Tournament is being in part created by a community of volunteers, the game will be completely free when it is released. Yes. Well, that's uh, uh, quite a nice barrier to entry, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I think, like I said, I think they're going with the Team Fortress <clears throat> model. I think it's going to be free. And then if you want to sell me a hat, I, I might buy a hat from you. Maybe some earbuds. Maybe some earbuds. So, yeah, like it was weird because. I wasn't excited for Unreal Tournament 4 until I started seeing stuff about Unreal Tournament 4 and then I was like, oh, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, it, and, it, and, and it's, it's, in, it's in a workable state where, you know, it's one map, but you can play, you play through it. It's only, it only reminds me of the when they did the Quake 3 Arena test where they just had the one map in that. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited now. I don't know how I feel about having a fourth launcher for my video games, but I'm excited to play. Isn't there supposed to be some community stuff too where like players help make the game yeah yeah i think i mean like i think most of the level i think like they're gonna have i think epic's gonna do like four or five levels for the game but i think that the community it's gonna be community driven levels and stuff like i think i i and i think even the the this i mean like you can download the source code to the game and compile it yourself so i wonder if that means that like you're gonna be able to i mean obviously there's gonna be mods but maybe you'll be able to go even further than that but who knows? Now that they've said that the Unreal the Unreal Engine is free, um, and they'll only take it's like ten percent after you've made three or four grand or something like that. Um, if you're just making mods for Unreal Tournament for free, or you're making total conversions for Unreal Tournament for free, you know you you have a complete SDK to do that that you don't have to pay for, which I don't think is something that's happened in any arena shooter. Maybe well, maybe Counter Strike, but that's not really an arena shooter. True. Mm, I may have to pursue this further. Yes. Is that a, it's just PC only? Yeah, right now. I think it's going to be on. It'll be on everything. It's an Unreal game. They just have to press the compile to Xbox button. It will be an Xbox game. Nice. Yeah. So, and then the third thing I played, uh, which looks like we've all played, was Republic Remastered on the PC, which came out uh, last week after a long <coughs> development cycle. I mean, it's been out on iOS now for about a year. Uh, it was a Kickstarted game. I think it was the first... I mean, aside from the Double Fine game, I think it was the first game where they were like, we need $600,000, and the internet was like, I don't know if you do. So I, I remember there being a lot of drama around the Republic Kickstarter, and I think there was a lot of just like... I think there was like just a lot of negativity around that team because, I mean, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of guys from like... They made Metal Gear. They made a hate... Like, it's a bunch of industry vets... Yeah, and... that's how I got turned on to it because, you know, it was going to just pass me by and then suddenly there were some big names that were mm -hmm. sort of tagged on to it. it was yeah. Not completely tagged on to it, but it's sort of like, you know, hey, this guy, he 
made coffee for people in Metal Gear Team or something like that. You know, right? I'm in. He shook Hideo Kojima's hand once and then like wiped it on his face to absorb his powers. Midichlorians. (laughs) Um. Well, and the weird thing about the PC version of the game, the game, I mean, because it was originally it was envisioned as a phone game, and it is plays very much like a phone game. But when they weren't hitting their goals, they were like. You guys, you guys want it for PC as well? Cause uh, you know, we'll make it for PC. We'll make it for PC too. Just send us some money, please. That might explain a lot. I, I, <clears throat> the gameplay of it struck me as it might be suitable to an iPad or something like that. Oh, it is. I mean, it was envisioned as this was before iOS was and mobile gaming in general was predominantly free to play. Like this was when everyone was like, and me included, was like ios android these are the next game systems you know we're not going to have consoles in 10 years because our phones are going to be where we play all of our games you know Mm. one way or another we're going to play them on phones and and they were they were really kind of the first people that were like yeah we agree with that and we're going to make this game specifically geared towards playing on a phone it's going to have it's gonna it's not gonna be it's not gonna feel like a game that's been ported to the phone it's gonna feel like a game that was envisioned for the phone and it makes sense because when you play it, even on the PC, the first thing that you see is an answer call button on your screen to yeah, answer you the call. Click on it. That you have to click on. <laughs> Looks a lot yeah. better when you do that on the phone. On the PC, it's a yeah. little weird. Yeah, I had gotten the first episode on on my iPad, but the only reason I haven't I've played a lot of it on the iPad is because I have a mini and it it asks for a lot of uh, extra power. Mm-hmm. So it was a little little more sluggish on the first gen mini. Oh yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a lot smoother with the gameplay on a, on that because everything you have to do is it's like oh it's clear I have to tap on that because there's this like you know <laughs> pulsing circle where where a finger would probably want to go right in the middle of that circle. Right, yeah. <laughs> Instead, yeah, I have to all, move this mouse to click on it. You know, it's all becoming a little bit clear to me now because yeah, it's definitely <laughs> like that. So so a little bit I suppose fleshing out a little bit so anybody who's not familiar with the game has an understanding of. Of what it's about. I mean, I have again, typically for for shame, I have no idea who this person is that I'm controlling or why I am. Um, you're controlling you. You're 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 helping her through your phone, Fraser, through your computer, through your phone. That's right. Yeah. So you're so the, it's a Skype the, call. <laughs> so the protagonist is a young that doesn't drop. <laughs> is a young lady who's almost like stuck in a prison, right? And you have access to almost like the CCTV. Yeah, you um, you have access to basically anything that's connected to a computer. Right. Yeah. So you're looking down in her cell and then you can tap on the door and open the door and she's talking to you and saying, "Did you do that?" And you're like, "Yeah, I did that. Watch this. I can close it too and I can open it." <laughs> and then you will sort of direct her where to go so you can tap on an area. I mean, now you now I'm thinking of it. It would be perfect for the iPad, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it's ta- a, it, tap it was on a pretty area. good phone game. <clears throat> and she would move to an area. She'll move to an area where you tap and send her to, possibly through the room. And you can choose. They've done it in such a way so that no matter which way you're looking down from a camera, you can usually see another camera that's in another part of the area or another room. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as well, she'll move into the room and it will automatically switch camera views for you. Um, you can send her. Now, she's trying to escape this complex, I guess, or find or do something. Right, and it's some sort of 
Orwellian future where we're burning books and the government is evil. Yeah. So, but you can direct her to go and sneak past guards and hide in um, lockers and there are locked doors and you'll find clues and then you can put punch numbers into keypads. I mean, I got that far. Um, you can look at little dossiers of all the other guys, all the guards that are around too, kind of learn about the guards and you know their backgrounds a little bit too. Yeah, it's just seem very reason. slick. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a well done game, and for a phone game, I mean shit, that was a really well done game. Of course, the internet will argue that it's worth ninety nine cents, but like it was a it was a triple A phone game. If the, if such a thing exists, like that is that is what that was. And yeah, yeah. I. I felt I, I got to it thinking this could be maybe not quite a triple A PC title, but close. Mm-hmm. And it and it falls short of that. It just seems to fall short of that. And I'm not saying that it's a bad, but now if I was to think of it, now that you've talked about it in terms of it being, you know, originally an idea for the phone, if I was to think about it, if I was sitting down in my bed and playing that on an iPad, that would be a triple A iPad title for sure. Yeah, you you wouldn't want to play Crossy Road on your Mac. No, I mean like that, but that, it's weird that like you know they didn't want to make a game that was a game that was ported to the phone, so instead they made a game that was ported from the phone to the PC. I mean like because I they because one of the things when they said they were going to make a, a Mac and PC version to 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 kind of drum up support they were like we will make it it's all going to be a completely different experience of course we want to make this a mac game or a pc game we don't want to make this a phone game that's been ported to those and and maybe maybe you know as as it progresses it gets the different type of gameplay emerges than was available on the phone but as it stands right now uh, that's a phone game that got ported to the pc and it's good but it's a phone game yep yeah, I feel like I'm missing a trick by playing it on my PC and not playing it on perhaps where it should be. Like yeah. it's almost point. It's I I don't I very rarely have an inkling to play a point and click on my PC. I think is the is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the backwards of like FTL. FTL is amazing on the iPad. It came out on PC first, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's an iPad game that plays so much better. Where this one was the first platform it came out. It was great. And, but you can feel that it's meant for that platform when you play it on a PC. Yeah. But I've, I've been told that later on, like, I mean, just from a story perspective, it gets really, really good. So I don't know. I, it's one of the things where I've always like wanted to just sit down and play it, but I have trouble playing games on my phone for long periods of time. Cause I feel like I should be, I really should be doing something else. Like there's one, it's one thing where if I'm sitting in front of my PC and I'm going to play a game, I can convince myself I'm not wasting time. But like if I'm sitting on the couch on my you're phone, sitting I feel proper like... in front of a computer. Right. <laughs> yeah, you should be. If you're sitting on the couch, you should be playing your Wii U. That's right. Well, that's what I did for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but it looks great. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got some very nice visual effects. It's all sort of, you know, when you switch to the camera modes or whatever, it sort of creates a wash over all the environment that you're looking at, and it's neat. The voice acting is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of a lot of famous voice actors. It's David Hayter, who's the voice of Snake, and uh, the voice of the Cortana. The voice of Snake. The ex-voice of Snake. I think you mean Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland actually does all the voices in the game. 
Yeah, it, it's a cool take take on like a stealth game though. You know, instead of you actually being the person that has to move stealthily, you're just guiding them and helping them along. So mm-hmm. it's like your guardian angel in a way, kind of pointing the direction and unlocking the doors and, you know. I mean, it makes you feel like you're playing a complete game on a platform that doesn't have the control granularity that like a controller has or a mouse and keyboard. You know, when you're playing that on your phone, that's the type of stealth game that makes sense because you can't, you know, you can't reliably move someone around without some sort of tactile feedback. It's like playing a PC-only game on OnLive via your Mac. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just going to say a quick thank you to Tom from Plan of Attack, who gave us a couple of codes for that. So thank you, Tom. Much appreciated. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to ch- checking out some more. Um, I think I'm like 30 minutes in tops and i think i think the first three episodes are there yeah yeah it's episodic so there's what i think five in total yeah five in total but only three are out on anything Mm -hmm. so yeah no it's definitely like i said it's something i everyone that i've talked to about it say that it says it's good against all odds Mm. republic you republic you can't even spell it right can't even spell their (laughs) company name right camouflage That's it. That's all I got, boys. Good deal. That's a good go. Thank Fraser, you. you want to go next? Sure. Cool. I'll race through. Uh, uh, because I haven't really got anything in depth to talk about. We've done Republic Remastered, so that's good. Uh, Blackguards 2, I was thrown a code for that many, many moons ago now, it seems. Probably a good sort of month or two. And uh, it's just been sitting in a had it loaded up but I hadn't got around to playing it so I sat down to give that a go at the weekend um, I was sort of hesitant because I just really couldn't see that Blackguards was my sort of game or Blackguards 2 was going to be my sort of game it's a oh what did they call it a turn-based SRPG CBT or C- CRBT it's not it's not CBT CBT PG um, I think they called it a, a, a I can't remember, an SRPG or a CRPG, anyway. It's kind of a turn-based strategy. Yeah. Um, So you basically play this lady called Cassia who's been banged up in in some sort of dungeon for for years. And there's a very interesting start to it. She's she's in this prison, and you're sort of given the opportunity to try and escape, and that's your introduction to how the turn-based part of the game works. So um, I, I never play these sorts of games, so... It's sort of new to me. Sort of, it feels new to me. I guess you know. I, I've maybe tried them once or twice, but you know, there, there is very well detailed environments. You know, underground dungeon environments, and you, if you move your mouse to the side of the screen, it's it pans along, so you can see, you know, go focus on different parts of of a larger map. And then all along the ground, you know, are hexag, you know, hexagonal. Um, spaces and because it's turn-based you know you have a set amount of moves so you can only do so much in a turn and then you finish your turn and then the bad guys will will do their turn so it sets you out in one of the first things is you know she's trying to escape and there's some she's you, know, you can move five spaces forward and that's the end of her turn then suddenly some spiders appear and then you have to try and battle the spiders and she ends up back in the dungeon and then it does it again which starts to illustrate a new mechanic, the fighting mechanics or whatever. 
and uh, I actually got quite drawn into it, I, uh, which I really didn't expect. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was a bit of a surprise. So I stuck with it, and then uh, it got to a point later on where you really set foot into the real world, and it's not so much a tutorial anymore. You're, you're uh, on your own and have at it. And um, I set off. I had my trusty spider, who was my uh, pet, I guess, who Man. never made it through. I went through this one one part, and the spider kept... I did everything I could to try and save the spider, and I think it was just destiny that the spider was not going to make it. Um, but I quite liked that because I had a lot of trouble getting through the first section. It threw some skeletons at me, and then you meet this other guy, and, you know, it's turn-based, so every time the, the spider... Uh, the skeletons were taking off four damage here or four damage there or whatever, and it was a real... You really have to plan tactically to stay out of their way or attack them or maneuver around them or do whatever. And it's, uh, it just seemed to be very well done. And now I've moved on to the next stage where you start to recruit your party members. Um, so I haven't, I, you know, I'm really still very much at the start of the game. Um, but uh, it looks as though, from what I understand as well, is you don't choose the type of person that you're going to be straight away. So you don't say, I'm going to be a wizard, or I'm going to be a soldier, or I'm going to be whatever. Um, you can take Cassie and you can totally choose the path you're going to do through upgrades of how you want to develop her as you uh, move along. So, um, yeah, it seems pretty neat. I've got a feeling I might be firing that back up. It's it, it's on my wife's PC, which is, you know, sit down at a desk, and that looks to me exactly the sort of game where I could just sit down and fire it up for half an hour and just uh, lose myself in it for a bit and see if see how it goes so yeah i'm pretty pleased with what i've seen so far it is out full version is out um i'd have to check back i'm so gonna have to apologize i can't remember who sent me the code i'd have to go back and check but um yeah could well be worth a look if that's your sort of game uh i also got a code for solarix which um sounds like that's a bit of an name. old one uh it's bit. close isn't it um, yeah, uh, David Clark from Kiss. This is Solarix is published by Kiss. David Clark sent us a link for that. He's always good. He sent us um, sends us links in, here and there in the past for other games. Uh, it, it you know what I thought when I started playing Solarix? I thought I was playing a version, somebody's version of Alien Isolation. Even though I haven't played Alien Isolation, so you're in you're first person in an abandoned spacecraft uh it's dark um you've got to i'm not sure exactly what i'm trying to do apparently there's some bad guys in the ship um i've seen one or two of them um the, the point is to avoid them so it makes use of uh light and dark areas you have a uh, indicator which tells you you know when you're visible and when you're not and uh, they're it's slowly drip feeding me with the odd weapon here and there, and you can pick up things. It's extremely early alpha, and as a result, it's a little bit on the janky side. So that sort of tainted me a bit. I tried to sort of look beyond that, but it wasn't really endearing itself to me. So I'm hoping a lot of that is going to get ironed out as they continue to uh, to work on it. So. I can see the the, uh, the isolation vibe that you're yeah. thinking there. This looks great. Yeah. 
It does. You know, I this is I saw something. I, I saw a preview of it, which you know that drove. Uh, well, um, you know, Kiss sent us some marketing stuff on it, and you know they they're like, well, if you want to have a look at it, let us know. Um, it does look good. It's just not quite there yet. It's too, I think it's it needs some spit and polish. But, Based yeah. off the title, I was expecting some sort of casual numbers game or something. Yeah. <laughs> so on my iPad, <laughs> yeah, no, while I'm in so... the washroom. No, this looks really. So, I don't yeah. know. This looks good. It does. Yeah, it's it's looks promising. Looks like it has kind of like a Deus Ex vibe to it as well. Yeah, it looks promising. I think you know, as long as they can sort of like you know get out the old uh, brasso and give it a polish up and you know iron out. I like I didn't play it with keyboard and mouse. I played it with a controller and I found it it was really wasn't controlling as well as I would have hoped with a controller. Um, I didn't play it keyboard and mouse. So I'm not sure whether that would have been any better. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting. I. I Graphically and the way it looks, actually, when you're in there playing it, it looks to me like it's maybe on a par with something that's maybe five years old. Mm. And that's okay, and I'm good with that. If it's price, if it's the price point reflects that, we'll see. It'll be really, it'll be interesting to see where they release that at what sort of price point. But you know, if they don't take the piss, um, they could uh, they could have a decent game uh, game on there. So did they we'll say see what they do with it? Did they say like it says here early twenty fifteen? Is that the date that was in the press materials we got, or is or is there like a? a yeah, I haven't updated... seen anything. Nope, I haven't seen anything different to that. Okay. Um, so, uh, and if you look on Steam, I think they have some uh, some of the Yogs cast people did a um, yeah did a, play did a playthrough of the Alpha, so you can get a get an idea of it if you wanted to see uh, see it in action. So anyway, so that's Solarix. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Uh, I've also been playing more, well, I say, I feel like I want to say I've been playing more Zombie U. It was a while back now because we didn't record last week, but somewhere between here and the week and a half ago or two weeks ago that we recorded, I played a shit ton of Zombie U. Um, now, there was sort of some f- wavering as to whether it was any good or not. Stu Leck was in the chat saying it was rubbish. Um, I think it's great. I love it. I sat down and I just was, I couldn't get off it for hours. It's really good. It's punishing and it's hard. Uh, but I'm also, I'm very much getting a sort of evil within vibe from it, which is you can't race through it. But if you give it the time and you take your time and you're careful, you start to get to know what you have at your disposal to deal with the situations that it's going to throw at you and you get better at it as you go on. And. Uh, it's opening itself up to me. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I really, I really liked Zombie U. It was one of the few games that I played on the Wii U. Ah, now were you not on the show then? When ah, that's right. So you weren't on the show when I talked about it. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really. I, I mean, I, I played probably. I mean, I don't think I put more than a couple hours into it um, before something else came along. But I thought it, it reminded me a lot of um, Dead Rising. Okay. Just like yeah, not, I've never played Dead Rising, so. not as slapsticky, but definitely like you you may not get it right this time, but you'll you'll get it right next time, you know, and and yes. and that's how you learn and that's how you progress. I I really liked it. I'm I'm upset that it didn't sell as well as as well as I thought it would because uh, we're not going to get any more of those. Like that was one of those Ubisoft games that was funded almost completely by Just Dance and. 
now we're not going to get any more of them because it didn't sell at all. Well, yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> I paid as much for Zombie U as I paid for Just Dance. Mm-hmm. Twenty. I, I, picked, I picked it up twenty dollars. Yep, I picked it up for twenty as well. Um, and uh, every time I go into an EB Games, whether it's my local one or other ones, I you know I'm always popping into them when I pass them in a mall, wherever I may be. And uh, I have a quick look on the Wii U shelf. There's always a couple of copies of Zombie mm-hmm. U there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's really that should be in your collection if you own a Wii U for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's it's just re- fun. I don't know. I just had a good time with it. Yeah, I'm really I'm enjoying it, and it's just I'm only limited by my children because it is pretty. Yeah, uh, that game is pretty vicious. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a family friendly Wii U title at <laughs> no. all. Um. Which is but, funny because uh, you wouldn't expect something like that for a, a Nintendo game. No, it's true. I lo- like I like looking down at the pad to go through your pack, and but like your character is also like crouched looking. I look oh, the stuff that they did was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. I went through one of the major levels. It was a really good. Um, I've got as far. I don't know. I, yeah, probably farther than you. I got through Buckingham Palace, and I've ended up now. I just finished the section where you have to go back to, I think it's Brick Lane or somewhere like that, and then you're going through all these apartment buildings. <clears throat> and I had a really, that was a really good level for me. You know, I took my time, I was very careful. I've just started to really get a handle on how to utilize, you know, f- um, flares along with grenades mm-hmm. and use this to distract them over here, and then you could take out a number of them in one hit. Um, and, uh, as you're sort of making your way through this uh, apartment complex, you can start to hear like dance music going on, and, uh, and it's just dance. And the guy, yeah, this is just yeah. Somebody's playing just dance up there, and then you and get it's into actually just it a just dance uh, ad that's paying for the. <laughs> and you finally break through this door, and then there's obviously uh, a um, you know house party going on or a rave or whatever like that. It's just brilliant because there's like a, a set of decks there that you can switch off, you know, stop all the music playing. And then there are all the zombies like are just, they're sort of like this uh, um, group of zombies, but they're all ravers. So you can get in there and you start hammering these ravers with your uh, cricket bat or doing whatever. That's good fun. It was really good. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then just carried on. So I'm onto the next section there and I, I can see myself going straight through and finishing this. No problems at all. Yeah, I seem to remember reading that it wasn't super long, so my guess is you're probably closer to the end than you would like to be. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. Um, and what will be interesting to do after that, then, I talked last week about doing the survival mode. Mm. I'm more than ready to go and have a real crack at doing the survival mode. So, Is that like a one-life thing? I didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, that's that. a one-shot. You just one-shot how far can you go. Wow. Um, so, yeah, which really adds an edge to it. I've... I, <clears throat> I've already died probably about f- five or six times. So certainly going through the last section, I was very, very nervous, very nervy every time I was going into new areas because I just couldn't be arsed with having to backtrack and you know start off from my, my mm-hmm. uh, safe house again and go all the way through, you know, just because I couldn't be arsed with that, you know. And uh, it's it's an interesting way to punish you, you know, f- for failing. Not taking you back to a checkpoint, but really taking you back. You know? So you still have your progression. Like you're not starting back at the checkpoint. It's an odd one because you're not starting back at the checkpoint like it's re- reset everything. Right. You're starting already, the, you, you have to go get where, your stuff. Yeah, where you've carved through as far as you've carved through, and that's fine. 
but you've got now got to go all the way back and trudge all the way back to get to that back. And it's just a, a time-wasting bottle ache mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else. Um, so, But yeah, it's good. So, uh, yep, Zombie U, and I have played even more Super Mario 3D Land. And I, now you so it. No, I don't. Nope. I'm so addicted to that right now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I come home every night, and the first thing I do is grab the Wii U pad, sit down, and, and hammer through about five or six levels. And your wife's like, aren't you going to cook dinner? No! Uh, Mario no. needs my help. Yep. Um, it's great. And so do your it's kids just... with homework. No, <laughs> screw that. It's so good. It's so good. I just, it's... Just when I think it can't surprise me, it surprises me. Um, I went through like all the six worlds and it opened up like a star world or whatever it was. And I finished the star world and it opened up a mushroom world. I finished the mushroom world and it opened up a flower world. I mean, the thing is never ending. There's so much content. And, uh, you know, I've gone back and trying, and trying to make sure that we grab everything that we can to see, you know, the completionist. I say we, it's me who's doing it. but The royal we. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just great. It's so slick, polished, and brilliant. And I can't believe that that came free with the console. I play it, and I almost feel like that justified three three $300 or whatever I paid for that. It's that good. So well, I mean, I, what I mean, game... Destiny was free with, for my console, so. There you go. Well, Same there you thing. go. Uh, there you go. I'm afraid you can't argue with that logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So that's me. Cool. Uh, all right. Yeah, I played a few as well. Um, a couple weeks ago, a game came out on iOS called Alto's Adventure, um, which is one of those. I feel like we get like once a quarter, we get like a really good sort of like indie darling mm-hmm. on, mo- on mobile devices. You know, we have like our Monument Valleys and stuff like that. So Alter's Adventure is a really nice, um, graphically nice um, sort of little infinite run game. Essentially, you're Alto um, and you're on the top of a mountain and your llamas escape. <laughs> so you have to um, infinitely snowboard down this mountain, catching as many llamas as you can. Uh, avoiding rocks and cliffs and obstacles and also, you know, doing things like backflips and grinding for extra points and bonuses. Um, because the then, llamas will appreciate that. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to please, crowd please. Not only uh, did you not only did you chase us down, but you did some sick flips on the way down. We yep. will definitely come back with you. Absolutely. <laughs> so basically when you pass by them, that's how you kind of collect them. Um, and then there's coins as well. Uh, the game, one nice thing about the game is this is one of those games that's a couple bucks and that's it. There's no in-app purchases. There's nothing that like, you know, pay to win sort of things. Um, the coins you get, there are some, you know, um, some things that make the, there's like the coin magnet and like this thing called the, um, I think it's just called like the feather where it kind of lets you float for a while and avoid rocks. So, you know, the coins can unlock longer duration. Um, but that's also permanent. It's not like a one-time use thing. So you can just continue to upgrade those those boosts. Um, but what's great about it is the, the weather and um, the time of day is dynamic. So as you're going down, it, nighttime happens, daytime, rain. Um, you know, so it, it adds to kind of like just how nice it is on, on, the, on iOS, like just the graphical um, thought process they put into it. Um, and then you can unlock more characters. They have like the the different levels with three different challenges. So once you do three challenges, there's new challenges to do, like, you know, land a double backflip or, you know, travel, you know, 
um, you know, 2000 feet or whatever in one run. Um, but yeah, re- really, really good. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's got that sort of, yeah, it's like you say, you know, every once in a while something comes along. They looks like, I, I'm looking at it on my PC right now, but I bet it looks beautiful on the iPad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. It's actually getting a lot of praise too, um, across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the big thing at, right there, and, and we kind of touched on it with Republic is that you pay and you have everything. <laughs> it's not, you know, Hey, thanks for a couple of bucks. And if you'd like to give me two more dollars, I'll give you more content. You'll get more stuff. Um, so that's kind of a breath of fresh air as well. Uh, Sounds like, um, Jetpack Joyride. Did you play Jetpack Joyride? Oh, I put the hell out of that. So is it, and like, <laughs> is that, is that the, is that the hook similar to Jetpack Joyride? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, you know, I love Jetpack. There's Joyride. not that, there's not as many bonuses or, or need, you know, you only unlock characters at certain levels. It's not like you can just use the coins to unlock a character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jetpack had like crazy customization. Like you change the head and the body and mm-hmm. the, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and get the different types of jetpacks. Um, I like the machine gun one. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, jet, same hook as jetpack, but this one is to me, it's almost like jetpack would be cartoony versus this one being more like of an, of an artsy art piece in a way. Okay. The way it works. And I think it's because of that dynamic weather and stuff. It's got, you know, it's, it's, it's really well done. It's really gorgeous. Um, and worth, worth a couple bucks. How much does uh, the greedy dev want for it? It's like two bucks, I think. Buck 99 or something. Greedy devs. (laughs) Um, I better have a, there better be an open world than a hundred hours worth of content. Well, I mean, just go as far as you can. I guess yeah. It's, I guess it's, an, it infin- it's an infinite run. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even an open world. It's an infinite world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good one. Um, then there's a couple of things I've played on Steam uh, within the past week. Well, one of them within the past couple hours because I played before we started recording. But uh, I picked up The Long Dark, um, which is I think it's still early access, but it's a um, it's another survival title, but it, almost in the same vein of Rust, but you're not, there's no no other people on the server. It's literally just you. But the whole premise is your character uh, is playing Crashed um, much farther north than Fraser is in uh, in America's attic. Um, <laughs> the Arctic Circle. <laughs> in the snowy mountains of, uh, of uh, Canada. Of Toronto. <laughs> Northern Toronto. It's Northern the, 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 big, the mountains of Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not to be confused with the uh, the mountains in Chicago. Right. Um, and then your job is obviously just to survive. Um, so you're in you're just in this crazy vast uh, snowy mountainous area, um, and you're trying to you have different meters. You have like your you know your warmth or your cold meter, your hunger, uh, injury, and um, you're just trying to scavenge your way through. You find like ice fishing huts, and you can. Um, go through drawers and find supplies and, and coats and, you know, you find better mittens or something like that and, and keep yourself warmer. You can, um, you can find food, you can find, um, wood to light a fire. Um, you'll find cabins and things like that too. The, the only dangers are obviously starving, um, dying of frostbite and cold <laughs> and wolves. Um, so there's no zombies, there's nothing, you know, sort of fantastical that's, that's you right. know it's the forest yeah. that's like that except with zombies yeah yeah um but it's it's really good it's um it's in early access so right now there's more of like a survival mode and they give you options you can do um 
just explore mode where you know not, you no an, well no and i think i think the cold will still get you but the no animals will go after you mm. and it's a, it's a little more forgiving um the normal mode you know the animals go after you and things like that and then there's just like a brutal like you probably will Fraser Fraser chases you with a shotgun for the entire game. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but things like that too. You can find, you know, a rifle and ammunition. Um, but everything is sparse, so it's not. You know, at one point I found this like two-story cabin, and it had like nothing in it. <laughs> I was like, that was lame. Um, if you fall, Daisy, it's a Daisy type of game where it's you're in this impossible situation, and I mean, it's 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 borderline CBT, frankly. Yep, pretty much. Um, but yeah, you can, you know, if if you fall too far, you can like sprain your ankle, you can have different injuries. So if you find bandages and stuff too, yeah. And then you're like limping and trying to make your way around. Um, but there, there's three different areas and, um, obviously only the first one's unlocked when you start the game. But if you reach the second or third area, you can just start a new game right in those areas, which is cool. So you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, And so for me, it's, that's the exploring side of it. It's a very it's the it seems like the map is very large and there's a lot of cool things to check out. You know, like there's like a derailed train and you know you can find things around there. Um, Are the know, things random? Like the same, you won't find from game to game the derailed train will have different things in it, or will it have the same things? Oh yeah, the the items have been different. Okay. Every time I played, um, but the the map is the same, but it it drops you in a different spot every time, right. so it feels different because of how lar- how uh, how large the map is. Gotcha. Um, it's got a really cool art style too. It's 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 almost more, um, almost like painted in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Now, yeah. Sorry, I got a bit distracted looking for Alto's adventures, but um, yeah, I have seen something on this before. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It seems like um, it's in early access, but when it, when it does launch, there's going to be a campaign mode in it as well. It looks like there's going to be a couple other uh, features in there too. So, um, But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's actually really fun. Um, it's a game that actually makes me feel cold <laughs> because you're, but you're right cold. by the furnace. I know. It's weird. Um, but yeah, it's got like the, you know, the, the, the howling winds and, and gusts and, you know, there's sometimes where it's a complete whiteout conditions when you're trying to walk around. Um, you can find, you know, you'll find, uh, you know, a frozen body that you can search and take their boots or something like that. Um, and your the boots and things wear away over time and the gloves and the jackets, you know, you find everything long johns. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Uh, one time I was walking across a lake and the ice broke. So, and that was that. Yep. Start over. Oh man. It even has the, it even has the, the breath effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, definitely worth checking out for sure. Uh, even though the name sounds like an unfinished porn title. <laughs> yeah, it does sound a bit dodgy. Well, yeah. I I get that confused. There were like there were there were several of these that launched right around the same time. It was like this, the forest, not so much Rust, but there were like there were like five or six survival games that launched. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. it was this, the forest, and um... there's Subnautica, isn't that one too? Yeah, I think that's another one. Which yep. is like on a... there's no shortage of them. No. no. Well, the, in this game, the long dark refers to death. So, like you know, when you do die, when you do die, it says you fell into the long dark. Well, in this game, the long dark refers to <laughs> death. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you're trying to avoid the whole time. Um, but yeah, there's it. it almost you know the, the big thing is that the draw to it is the exploration. Like you're like, oh, what's over here? 
And like I came down one mountain and I see power lines and my decision was, do I follow the power lines left or right? Cause I couldn't see where they ended or they didn't break off anywhere. So you, you would assume that eventually there's something that it would lead to. And I walked for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's definitely a good one. Uh, the other game that I played and picked up and started playing um, just today was this war of mine. Cause it's on it's sale, been, right? Yes. And uh, it's been out for came out right at the end of last year, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it was towards the end of last year. Um it has if you if you look at the screenshots it almost reminds you of like a deadlight um sort of like a, you know, almost a post-apocalyptic sort of side-scrolling 2.5D-ish looking game. Um but it's actually a lot plays a lot different than than uh than that cuz you can control more than one character and it's very much a survival scavenging sort of thing as well, but the nice thing is that is is how it plays. It's not like you know Rust or or the Long Dark, where it's that first person you know running around thing. Um, but it's in this sort of desolate area where there was some war that's raged on, and and you're a survivor, and you know the military is the enemy, um, and you're already in an area that's been run down, so you're holed up in like your your safe house, and um, in 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 lieu of a tutorial, you can just start scavenging your own safe house um, to get an idea of like how you can find things. Um, so the whole idea is during the day you stay in your safe house and you can craft things like a bed or a furnace or you know uh, you know a thing to make moonshine in. Um, and then you know if anything that you haven't scavenged yet, you can kind of dig through the rubble or or break open a locker and and find more goods. Like you'll find supplies like food and and medicine and and um, crafting materials, and then at nighttime is when it's supposed to be safe to go scavenging outside. So of the three characters you have, you can pick, you know, one, two, or three of them to bring with you. Um, each only can carry so much in their backpack. So when you go to a certain place, and you can revisit that same place every night, but you can only carry so much back with you. So you kind of think about what you know what you'll need if there's something you need to craft or uh, all the characters always have like a little blurb saying, you know, I could eat something or, you know, I wish I had a bed to sleep on, you know, so you can kind of get an idea of what everybody wants and you get little status updates for each one. So one could say tired, injured, sick. Oh, okay. I see now. Cause I saw, I'm watching a gameplay and I could see people, little speech bubbles coming up or yeah, people telling you things. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's, it's point and click in way of, you know, you click on the character you want to use and then click where you want them to go. You know, so I can click on one character, click on the bed to make them go to sleep or click on, you know, the refrigerator on a certain amount of food or whatever so I can, they can eat if they're hungry or, you know, click on a pile of rubble that they could break through to get to, you know, a locker or something else on the other side. So, yeah, so like at night is when you can go scavenge somewhere else and um, I'm still pretty early so I haven't, you know, I don't have like weapons, I haven't done any sort of combat yet. Um but during the day, sometimes people will come knock on your door and offer to trade. So it's another way to get some things you need. Um, you know, so you'll find random things like books or um, jewelry or something that's like a high-end trade item that you can, you know, give somebody like a diamond to get some medicine for. You know, so you don't have to give them a whole bunch of random things. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty clever. I've, basically, it's you know, you the time frame is how many days you last. I think I'm on seven days in total. Um, and you can expedite it. Like if I've done everything I need to do and I have no more materials and it's daytime, I can just say end the day and jump to the scavenging. Um, but you have to balance, you know, you have to kind of keep your, your crew healthy. So like when it's nighttime and you decide who you want to scavenge 
outside of your safe house. You know, if somebody looks like it says they're they're tired or whatever, you can have them sleep and you can choose to have them sleep on the floor or a bed. Or if you have a bed for everybody, you can craft, you know, multiples. Um, but then there's things you can craft like uh, rainwater catchers and then you can purify your rainwater. So it's it's very much a survival sort of thing. I know there's some others, you know, there's going to be some combat down the line, which I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, you know, I have other workbench type things I have to I have to be able to make. You know, there's like a a metal workbench and there's a um, I think like an electronics workbench or something too. You know, so you, like I found things like weapon parts, but I haven't crafted them into weapons yet. So, but very good, very interesting. Every time I've heard this game described, I just feel like it's the Sims for people who absolutely hate themselves. <laughs> because right. there was uh, someone, someone on another podcast had a story where. I guess they were going out to scavenge one night and the character came upon this house and broke in and it turned out that there was this elderly couple there and like the man was dying and like he had the supplies the woman needed but he had to like make that judgment call like this person's already elderly and is probably not going to last very long and these people have the supplies I need. I realize I have what they need but they have the supplies I need. So he like decided to take the supplies anyway and then that character went back to the safe house and proceeded to spend the, like the rest of like the night and the next two days in his room and then killed himself because of what he did. And I just oh. was like, I was just like, why, why would I want to play this game? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get the horrors of war are like are unimaginable, but like, I'd rather they just stay unimaginable. I don't want to experience <laughs> right that. <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, it's, it's interesting hearing you talk about it. Cause when you talk about it, you talk about it very much from the side of, you can craft stuff and you're scavenging stuff and like very like meticulous like kind of like like making shit and when i hear the game described all i hear is like the suffering and the heartache and like just like the amount of emotional like bullshit that is in this game that man i because it's on my wish list and i've been on the fence like that is very much the the cbt game of of for me like because i just i can't deal with that stuff i just i do not do well when like like because i guess there's also like a a faction system, well, not a faction system, but a system where depending on what one character does, the other characters in the safe house might resent them, and then like they'll start infighting, and like it's just like no, 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 no. I didn't like The Sims. I'm not gonna like this. That's funny. Yeah, I, I guess I haven't gotten that far yet. To I'm sure, I'm sure the uh, another sit down I might come across some of the, those things. I mean, when I went to one location, um. And you you can get there's always like you know you have options of which place you want to go to like right now I have like five locations I can decide to go and scavenge and it gives you a background so I went to this garage where it says you know an old elderly man and his son are there and um, you know go there and you you know there's a little bit of rubble and, and stuff to search through and then you come up to a door and then the son comes out and he says you know my dad's sick do you have medicine and um, I could only assume that if I wanted to I could have knocked that guy out or something and started yeah. robbing their stuff. And, and that that's probably where I guess I'm on the cusp of where I could make those, uh, those moral Or you can decisions. really start hating yourself for the yeah. decisions you made in a video game. But instead I just went there and, and like when you trade with them, you can see everything in their inventory and, and say, you know, here's some medicine and let me take your, I don't know, your, you know, some of your planks of wood <laughs> and your lock pick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, they have to agree on the trade so you can add stuff until it says deal or you can kind of, you know, figure out how much you actually, you know, what's the bare minimum I can give up mm-hmm. for them to give me the thing I need, um, which is pretty interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always very much a, uh, 
a positive person when I play games. So I, I don't, I rarely make like, you know, the questionable moral decisions. And I, and I am too, but like, the, I, it, it's, except it, in fable. I, I think the problem, <laughs> I, I think the problem with those type of games for me is that I think that I, I fear the inevitable point where I have to make the shitty decision. Yeah. You know, like, and I just, I don't, like I played first time I played all the way through Mass Effect was like goody two shoes the whole way through and like I didn't enjoy I think I didn't enjoy Mass Effect three as much because I played through it evilly and like I just I just I don't, like it just wasn't as much fun for me and so I fear those type of games where it's going to put me in a situation where I don't have like yes there is a choice and I can say I don't want this and then my game will be over or I can make the shitty choice and continue playing the game yeah. Kind of reminds me of Nets of the Old Republic as well. Right. Yeah. 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 It's on I mean, my it's, wish list. It's really good though, and it, and it's it's almost like um, oh, it looks great. It looks and it, fantastic. And it's interesting because the you know, aside from Republic, the other three games I played, it all seems to be almost like some sort of like hand done art style. Like this one is almost like using charcoal pencils mm-hmm. for the animation. Mm-hmm. You know, where like the Log Dark is almost like you know watercolor painted or something, and you know. So, oh, good stuff though. Good stuff. I do have Game of Thrones episode two to play still. I bought it when it came out. I bet someone dies. Probably, or more than one. And someone will swear. (laughs) And we will drink wine. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that still needs to be played as well. But that's it for me. News? Nice bit of news coming up then. Let's do it. This is a great piece of news. The original news. I had some news. Bad news. Breaking news. I got a few news pieces. Press the left trigger to see the most amazing thing in the world. This just in. Yes. News. News. What is the news? Um, news from Japan. News from Japan. Japan. Uh, well, I'll, I'll kick off then because I threw in these uh, these bits of news. And actually, we're moving along nicely on time, so I'm not going to dwell too much on them. Uh, the Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain has got its release dates as of this morning. Uh, X-Bone and PlayStation 4 will see it on September the 1st. PC will follow shortly after on September the 15th. My birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday for them. Hideo knew. Yeah. He knew. He's like, child's going to love this. He's yeah. like, and, and he has a Mac, so oh, yeah. we're going to put it on PC. <laughs> so, of course, I was keen <laughs> to you, uh, throw that. Uh, as I played on X-Bone. <laughs> Keen to throw that piece of news in. Being, uh, I'm getting excited for it. I think it's going to be great. Um, <clears throat> they also announced uh, all the collector's editions and things like that. Um, steel book, behind the scenes trailers, maps, packaging, all this sort of stuff that you just absolutely don't need. Uh, but it does look pretty cool. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And here's a little bit of trivia that I figured out today. Uh, and I figured this out all on my own. Well, sort of the fact that a Google search took me elsewhere that it shouldn't have, and why it's called the Phantom Pain. Does anybody know? It's because he loses his hand, and it's referring to the Phantom Pain you sometimes get, isn't it? Yes. Oh, well, well done. Right. Yes, that's a, well. I'm guessing that's why it is. Fish Phantom also Pain known is, as Google. Yeah, there you go. Phantom Pain is what you get when you sort of have a missing limb. So that was pretty neat. I didn't realize that. Just some phantom that just keeps punching him in the face. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. That's the Metal Gear Solid news for today. Uh, move. Oh, and Kojima has says that he thinks it's going to be the last in the series. But he says that all the time. 
Yeah, well, he sort of clarified on this point and said, it's probably not the last metal. It's going to be the last um, Phantom Pain in the Phantom Pain series. Yeah, what's he still probably, I'm trying to think of the way he said it. Uh, it's probably not going to be the last Metal Gear game. It's going to be the end of this particular Metal Gear saga. So, you know, the the franchise is not dead, but, you know, this story arc or whatever. Who And now, if anybody's following this story arc, then fair play to them at some point. I mean, well, I'm sure they could keep, keep dragging it out forever, this story arc. I mean, it's so convoluted and weird. Um, but uh, we'll see. Uh, there was news. Uh, Wyatt May was kind enough to throw us a couple of pieces of news. NVIDIA um, announced an Android console. Anybody see this? The Shield. The Shield. Not to be confused with the NVIDIA Shield that already existed. Right. Or Marvel's Agents of Shield. Right. Yeah. Um, I th- the reason I picked up on this point, why, uh, is, why, what's, what is it with Android consoles? Why are they getting released? What am I missing here? It's free. Right. I mean, that's that's it. That's that they're free. It's a free system that they can just throw. They can give you hardware, and they don't have to license Windows. Right. Does anyone care? Nope. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's interesting tech. the the te- The new Tegra stuff's cool, but like, I, no one's gonna buy this thing. No one bought the original Shield. Yeah. Nobody bought an Ouya. No, oh, I have an Ouya, oh. sir. Sir. Recant your statement. Uh, some... I have an Ouya. <laughs> Are you talking to your dog? <laughs> when was the last time you fired up your Ouya? Oh, God. I bought an Ouya because it was the only thing that had stri- Twitch streaming for a while. So right. that's the only reason I owned it. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. was a piece of that. Listen, that thing's a piece of shit. More exciting. Valve have announced a VR headset. Yeah, I, yeah they they were talking about. I mean, they've been they've been hinting that they were working on this, and they announced a partnership with HTC about it. Yeah, so they're they're going to well, be yeah. VR. And HTC starts with an H and has three letters. Half Life Three confirmed. There we go. Yeah, they also announced uh, Source Two, and it's free, yeah. which is I mean, Source Two I think has been known about for a while because I think there's there's pieces of it in Dota. I think Neil Gaff found pieces of it in Dota Two. But um, they announced that, and they also announced a $50... They Well, they announced that the controller is going to cost $50. They also announced a $50 streaming box that you can hook up to your TV that will just stream, uh, do the home streaming uh, from your PC to your TV. So you can play your PC games on your TV. Which, Steam Link? Yeah, Steam Link is what it's called. Oh, uh, well, okay, so now I'm lost. So why would I do that? Um... There are games that I like, you know, like there are games that are made for a controller. And so if you want to just play them on your giant TV, assuming you don't have a giant monitor and you want to sit on the couch and play your computer games, you can. I think it's great. Okay. The, the home sharing stuff is really, really well done. There's, you know, when you played something like OnLive or something that was coming over the internet, there was always the little bit of latency. But with home sharing, there's absolutely zero latency that I can detect. And, mm. um, they said it's what, like 15 millisecond or something like that latency. So yeah, you'll be able to play all your PC games on your TV, which I, I mean, is is something that I was thinking about building a Steam box specifically for. So it's nice that this is going to be a, a cheap fifty dollar alternative to that. I can finally play Watch Dogs on my TV. Thank goodness, I can finally <laughs> experience the mountains of of Chicago. 
Yeah, see, now I'm thinking about it. That might be... See, I have my gaming PC is tied into my television downstairs in the basement. Mm. So I cannot do any keyboard mouse gaming on that PC. Right. Everything I do is, it's got to be a game that can be played on the sofa with a controller. And that, and I'm fine with that. You know, it basically acts like a console. Right. Which is okay. Now, do you have to initiate the game from your computer first? Or can no. you actually you no, can you, just go right from the link? I assume so, because you can. Like, if I load up Steam right now on my Mac, my computer downstairs is on. I can just say, play this game, and it will just start streaming it from my computer to my Mac. I imagine there'll be a interface similar to that. But Fraser, if you want, like you can take that that's you can you can do the reverse. You can take the Steam link, plug it into your wife's monitor, plug her keyboard and mouse into it, or plug a keyboard and mouse into it that's up there, and play PC games with a keyboard and mouse on your wife's monitor. Yeah. Through the Steam link. Yeah, that might be the way to do it. Good deal. Hmm. Interesting. I shall have to investigate further. Yes. And then um, I had one news story that uh, I'm going to care about, and I thought maybe Steve would care about, but I wasn't 100% sure. Um, no One Lives Forever, which is a beloved PC game uh, monolith, guys. They're the guys that most recently did Shadows of Mordor, but they did No One Lives Forever. They did Shogo. They did all these great old PC games. Um, the rights to No One Lives Forever were recently trying to be acquired by Night Dive Studios, who um, they, they re-released uh, Seventh Guest, 11th Hour, System Shock 2, a lot of old classic PC titles on Steam. And that's what they would do. They would get the rights to it and then re-release it on Steam. And they did that for No One Lives Forever. They, they were trying to acquire the rights for it. But they just uh, recently just came out that they weren't able to track down who actually owns the rights to No One Lives Forever because it was developed by developed by Warner Brothers or developed, funded by Warner Brothers, published by Fox, which was now owned by Activision. So no one knows who owns the rights. And so they're not going to pursue it, and, and kind of a kind of a depressing thing because I was really looking forward to those games, and uh, now we're not going to get them. Definitely, definitely games worth tracking down if you have a like a used PC shop near you if they've got copies of No One Lives Forever. Um, two really great old PC games, like uh, <coughs> spy uh, '60s spy thrillers, except it's uh, it's a female James Bond instead of a male James Bond. And it's a first-person shooter, John, so you're actually looking through the eyes of the protagonist. Of The Last Airbender. Of The Last Airbender, right. Got it. Good deal. Also, uh, Gone Home is no longer coming to consoles. Sorry, Fraser, you can't get that on your brand new Xbox. Oh, no. But but you know what? You've got got your Steam machine hooked up to your TV, and you can just plug in a controller, and it's like playing it on a console. Exactly. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Great. (laughs) Nice. You guys want to do charts? Let's race through. We're getting. Uh, we got a show. All right. All right. Who's doing what? Brendan, would you like to do the charts? I'll do the charts. All right. Is this uh, what is this? UK? What, is, what, what, what are we looking at here? I don't know. Okay. Good. Well, here's some here's some games that sold well uh, in the last month or so. In some place. In I some think place. they're UK. <laughs> uh, number ten is Minecraft PlayStation Edition. Uh, in number nine, it would be Minecraft. Xbox Edition. Uh, in num- uh, number eight would be Evolve. Shield Edition. Shield Edition. N- NVIDIA <laughs> Shield Edition. Um, number seven would be Far Cry 4, the Ouya Edition. 
Uh, number six is FIFA 15, the Everything FIFA. Edition. <laughs> FIFA. Number five would be GTAV. Uh, number four is the Order 18, 1886, something we didn't talk about because none of us played it. Uh, number three was Dragon Ball Xenoverse, a game that I, I don't understand why they're still making Dragon Ball games, but good on them, they're obviously selling. Uh, number two, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, and number one, Dying Light. So congratulations like to, to those games for selling well in a region that I'm unsure of. I'd like to point that Dragon Ball Xenoverse is by Dimps. <laughs> <laughs> they must Dragon be very Ball pleased. Xeno. Dragon Ball Xenoverse is doing very well for itself. <laughs> I don't know why dimps makes me laugh, but it does. Okay, John, Japan. Oh, you're going to put me on this one? All right. Yeah, go. But no, there's go. no Japanese. Oh, there is one. There's one Japanese name. Yeah, half of one, <laughs> I think. Uh, this one this one is Japanese, even though it's English, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Coming at number 10 for the uh, PS Vita is a good librarian, like a good shepherd, library party. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said it wrong. A good librarian, like a good shepherd, <laughs> library party. That is a very good British librarian. title. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, coming at number nine for the PS4, Dragon Ball Xenoverse by Dimps. <laughs> Those Dimps guys. Coming at number eight for the 3DS, Pocket Monsters Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Blah, 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 blah. Number seven for the PS3, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Number six for the PS4, Samurai Warriors. Is that 4-2? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think it's two. The number four, the Roman numeral two, with a hyphen between them. Or it's like 411. Information. Uh, I think it's a two, because it's sort of like a, it's a redone version of Samurai Warriors 4. It's not a sequel. It's sort of like a uh, new, uh, an improved version. Huh. Well, then coming at number five for the PS Vita is Samurai Warriors 4-2. Number four for the 3DS, Yukai Watch 2 Shinuchi. Number three for the 3DS, The Seven Deadly Sins, Unjust Sin. Number two for the PS3, Samurai Warriors 4-2. And number one for the 3DS, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D. With Ooh. a whopping 232,685 over number two's 45,000. Yes, the power of The Legend of Zelda. It's good to be in the Samurai Warriors business, apparently. Uh, yes. It is. Um, yeah, but even yeah. though they're in, even though they're in three spots, they still don't compromise. They still have less than half of what <laughs> Majora's Mask did. So that's fun. Yeah, I did have a quick look through uh, a good librarian, like a good shepherd li library party. Library uh, party. Library party. That <laughs> is uh, based on an adult anime, I think. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse is obviously the Dragon Ball world. Seven Deadly Sins, Unjust Sin. That's another um, anime, I think, sort of thing. They do. It's like safe their... to say that most of these are anime. Well, they like. Um, yeah, it's almost like they sell games. You know, as an as an add-on to their general entertainment. You know what I mean? It's. Okay. Yeah. Somewhat different from, from us. Uh, they're, they're so wacky. They're just crazy. I'm really glad I didn't have that one that Steve had to do a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the one. charts. Charts. Chats. Do we want to do a quiz or do we want to call it an evening? Where are we? You guys call it. Tails? Uh, <laughs> we should really do the quiz. 
should probably do one. It's been a few weeks, right? All right. We can do a quiz. I found the worst Metal Gear Solid 5 quiz on the internet. Or the most, I'm sorry, worst Metal Gear quiz. I wouldn't want to hold it down to just one title. This spans the entire series. You guys ready? All Brilliant. Right. All right. <clears throat> um, Fraser, why don't you pick heads or tails? Tails. All right. You were going second. All right. So, John, here we go. All right. The Patriots implemented which plan in an attempt to create a new Solid Snake? Was it A, Les Infants Terribles? I butchered that. That was like French <laughs> French with a Spanish accent. <laughs> Listen, I was raised oh, and educated in the United States. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, B, S3 plan. C, Outer Heaven. Or 4, The Shadow Moses Incident. Hmm. I'm going to go with the S3 plan. That is correct. Ooh. That is correct. The S3 plan. Nice. All right, Fraser, are you ready for this one? one out of my I don't thing. even know how I can compete against that. <laughs> <laughs> On the heliport of which strut did Raiden fight and kill Fat Man? Was it... <laughs> Was it strut B? <laughs> strut C? Strut A? Or a good librarian... <laughs> <laughs> or strut E. <laughs> now, if memory serves me right, it's not strut A. I think strut B was closed off for some reason. I'm going to go with strut C. I'm sorry, Fraser. It was strut E. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, John. Who killed Raiden's parents? Was it Big Boss? Frank Yeager? Solidus Snake? Or Revolver Ocelot? Big Boss. I'm sorry. It was Revolver Ocelot, wasn't it? I'm sorry. It was Solidus Snake. Ah. All right. At the the library party. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Phrase. The server room of GW inside Outer Haven looks like what? Is it A, a forest, B, a graveyard, C, an office, or 4, a field? The server room at GW? Yeah. Inside Outer Haven. I think that's still Metal Gear 2, isn't it? No, that was Big Shell. Big Shell. That was the Big Shell incident. Outer Haven. Forest, graveyard, office, or field? Forest? I can't remember a forest. Uh, forest? No. Oh, it was. That's at the end of four. Was it? And it looks like a graveyard. That is correct. Yeah. It does, in fact, look like a graveyard. All right, John, strutting your knowledge of the S3 plan, why don't you tell me what it stood for? Or what what did the Patriots <laughs> tell Raiden it stood for? Did they say it stood for the Selection for Societal societal Sanity? The Strong Soldier Simulation? The Solid Snake Simulation? Or the Secret Soldier Selection? Hmm. Again, those choices are... Selection for societal sanity, strong soldier 
simulation, solid snake simulation, or secret soldier selection? I'm gonna go with secret soldier selection. I'm sorry, it was the selection for societal <laughs> sanity. <laughs> Small sea keepers. <laughs> All right, Frasian. MGS4. Slightly salted, solid snake <laughs> sea keepers. In MGS4, the Sons of the Patriots was the most ref- uh, was, was most frequently referred to as simply as what? I'm sorry. Let me read that again. In MGS4, the Sons of the Patriots was most frequently referred to simply as what? Was it A, the program, B, the control, C, the system, or D, the the network. Ooh. Can you say the question again, please? Okay. The son. Okay, in MGS4, the Sons of the Patriots. That's in quotes. Was most frequently referred to simply as what? The program, the control, the system, the network. Uh, the program. Sorry, it was the system. Oh, man. Alright, well, here's the tiebreaker, since uh, we're all tied up at one. (laughs) (laughs) Who sings Heaven's Divide, Sins of the Father, and also voices the iDroid? First one to answer wins. A. Rika Maranka. B. (laughs) B. Donna Burke. C. Cynthia Harrell. Or D, Natasha Farrow. Donna Burke. That is no, correct. first one. Nope. Oh, it was geez. Donna Burke. How did he know Donna that? Burke. I didn't. I was just like, that one sounds good. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> really close to Delta Burke. Guy. <laughs> John is your winner, I'm afraid. Uh, I am afraid. He's posted another win. He's unstoppable. The guy's a machine. It's just... Well, I've been stopped before. I can't believe he beat me in a Metal Gear quiz. Well, to be fair, those questions think, were awful. And I think the last... Well, actually, the last one I played was Ground Zeroes, and before that I think it was like Metal Gear 1. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guessed both your right answers. I did. I, I did. actually worked through one of my answers. My only answer, I it's worked true. it out. It's true. I pulled him right out of my phantom pain. I was so worried that it was going to have an even number of questions and we were going to be tied. I was going to have to find something else. <laughs> Some other awful quiz. Thanks a lot, Quiz Up. Your, this quiz this week was brought to you by Squarespace and Quiz Up. Well while, lay, while laying on a Casper mattress. While laying on a Casper mattress. Shaving yourself. With a Harry's razor. With a Harry's razor. And listening to an audible audiobook. <laughs> oh, well, maybe awesome. Steve will be back next week. Yeah, we'll One see. One day. We can talk about VR. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, You guys have anything else in your mind? Uh, No. Nothing? Nope. Sounds good then. Well then, uh, you can get us at GamePunchers.com. We are also on Twitter at GamePunchersPod. I'm at John LaValle, J-O-N-L-A-V-A-L-L-E-E. I am, I am at Frasermoo, F-R-A-S-E-R-M-O-O. And I am at the Jesus Fish. And Steve is at Chambango, C-H-A-M-B-A-N-G-O. 
Yeah, but you shouldn't just, you know, you can't have followers if you're not turned up for the podcast. I agree. Right. This is true. In fact, if you're following him, you should probably unfollow him. <laughs> Until you hear him on the show. Yeah, because <laughs> you're following under false pretenses. Exactly. It's illegal in Canada. <laughs> um, if you want, you can send us an email. It's gamepunchespod at gmail.com. And, of course, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and all those things. Um, but iTunes is the only one that matters, so if you want to leave us some stars, it definitely helps. Keeps us in the searches. Tell your friends. Yeah, cool. that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Gentlemen, good show tonight. Thank you uh, for having me. <laughs> well, it is your home now. Yeah, I know. As but, well. But thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting me into my house. <laughs> you can have your own key now. <laughs> awesome. And uh, we won't have you do any sort of scavengings that will make you regret your decision. Uh, cool. Well, until next week. Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs>